Well, good morning. Welcome to, to Dogwood Church. It is time for our children to be dismissed. If you have kids who are in the nursery that need to be checked in, you can take them back. Uh, if you have kids that are in kids zone up through sixth grade, they can head back to the uh, to the back doors with Miss Megan and Miss Sarah Grace. Uh, Cody Walker is sick today. He woke up in the night not feeling well, and so we want to be praying for for him uh, that he will recover quickly. Uh, so keep that in mind as you uh, as you pray today. We worship a generous God. For those of us who have trusted in Christ Jesus, we have experienced the greatest generosity from God. Scripture speaks about God lavishing His love on us. Uh, Scripture speaks about Him richly providing for us for our every need. Since our God is a generous God... With the work of the Holy Spirit working in us and working through us, we can become a people who are generous. A generous people who are uh, set on the advancing the gospel, the, the purpose of gospel mission. But that flows out of God's generosity towards us. My problem, of course, may be the problem that some of you uh, face too. And my problem is I want to hold on to what I have. Uh, My heart can view giving as, um, you know, a burden that causes me to ask, well, well, how much do I have to give? You know, what's what's required of me? Uh, And so I, I will come to giving with that in mind. Our sermon is titled Sacrificial Generosity. In the church, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Philippians four. We are wrapping up the book of Philippians today, and what a joy it has been to to work through this letter over the last, I guess, three months now. Um, but we're going to wrap up Philippians four. I'm going to be looking at uh, fourteen through twenty three today. God's word gives us a, a wonderful example of generosity seen in the, in the Philippian church, and it gives us helpful reminders in this text as, as we consider the call to be a sacrificially generous people. I'm going to read the text, Philippians 4, 14 through 23, and then pray for us as we get ready to study God's Word. Philippians 4, verse 14, Still, you did well by partnering with me in my hardship. And you Philippians know that in the early days of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving except you alone. For even in Thessalonica, you sent gifts for my needs several times. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the profit that is increasing to your account. But I've received everything in full. I have an abundance. I am fully supplied. Having received from Epaphroditus what you provided, a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. And my God will supply all your needs according to His riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Now to our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Greet every saint in Christ Jesus. The brothers who are with me send you greetings. 
all the saints send you greetings, especially those who belong to Caesar's household. The grace of, our, of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Let's pray. God, your word is good, and we thank you again for it. We thank you for its truth, and we confess it today as true and vital for our lives. I thank you for this beautiful letter that we've been studying over the last few months and the truths that are there. God, I pray that you will help us today as we, as we examine your word. Help us believe this. Help us understand it. And Holy Spirit, help us respond as you would have us respond. For your glory, God. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. As we work our way through this passage, we're going to see several truths about sacrificial generosity in the church and, and what that means for us and what we should be prayerfully considering. Uh, the first thing that we're going to see in this is sacrificial generosity in the church supports gospel mission. Sacrificial generosity in the church supports gospel mission. Let's look at verses 14 through 16. Still you did well by partnering with me in my hardship. And you Philippians know that in the early days of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving except you alone. For even in Thessalonica, you sent gifts for my need several times. Paul commends them for their partnering with him. Now we've seen that word multiple times in this letter. Uh, a couple of those times came in the very beginning of the letter. In Philippians 1, he says, uh, because of your partnership in the gospel. And then in verse 7, he says again, indeed, it was right for me to think this way about all of you, because I have you in my heart. And you are all partners with me in grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. The gifts that Paul has received repeatedly from the Philippians, he views them not just as a gift, but they are partnerships with him on his gospel mission. They have supported him as he has taken the good news of the gospel to other places on his mission trip. And then they have provided for him and cared for his needs, met his needs, while he has been under house arrest. And so Paul, using that language again of, like, you've been a partner with me. It is not just a gift that Paul has received. It has been a partnership to help him continue to do what it is that God has called him to do. And so in verse 15 and 16, we then see that the, the Philippians stand out from the rest of the churches. He says, you alone, Philippians, just you, have, have faithfully, consistently partnered with me in the mission of the gospel. You have cared for me repeatedly. He references Thessalonica. In the book of Acts, we hear the stories of Paul's missionary journeys. And after he left Macedonia, which is where Philippi was located, after he left Macedonia, one of the first stops was Thessalonica. And he was there for about a month. And it says, you, 
repeatedly sent gifts to me. Several times you've met my needs while I was serving there. They were partners with Paul. Now, we're going to learn in other places in Scripture that that partnership wasn't because they had so much money to give. We actually learn that they were giving out of poverty. Uh, Look at what Paul says in 2 Corinthians as he's describing to the Corinthians about the provision that has been given. 2 Corinthians 8, starting in verse 1, we want you to know, brothers and sisters, about the grace of God that was given to the churches of Macedonia. During a severe trial brought about by affliction, their abundant joy and their extreme poverty overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. I can testify that according to their ability and even beyond their ability, of their own accord, they begged us earnestly for the privilege of sharing in the ministry of the saints, and not just as we had hoped, but instead they gave of themselves first to the Lord and then to us by God's will. Macedonia is where Philippi is. I mentioned that. Uh, And so he says, "I, I want, Corinthians, I want you to know about the generosity of this church. They, even in extreme poverty, poured out generously towards supporting our mission to to help care for other saints, to help meet the needs of other churches, to help advance the gospel. These people were a generous people in Philippi. And Paul commends them in these first couple of verses in Philippians for that. He says, you did well to do this. This was a kindness of you to to step in and meet my needs and care for me as I am serving God in this ministry. I went several times on mission trips to Honduras. One of those trips was shortly after one of the um, hurricanes had decimated the U.S. coast. I can't remember if it was Katrina or Rita, but we traveled uh, right after the storm. And while we were there, we attended a worship service. uh, And uh, a leader of one of those churches came and shared with us. uh, He said, we know about the, the... the heartache. We've heard the stories about the devastation. We've heard that there are churches that have been destroyed, entirely wiped off the map. And we have gone to the congregation in this region, and we've, we've asked all the different congregations, if you're able to, if you're willing to, would you give so that we can send these missionaries back with some funds to help care for these churches, to help support these churches as they are rebuilding. And they shared with us, uh, they went through the list, the congregation from this community has sent this much money. And the congregation from this community has sent this much money. And there were maybe six or seven different congregations and, and what they had been able to collect. Now, from a worldly standpoint, from uh, the way we would probably view things, especially here, you might would hear the figures that were given and think, well, I don't know if that would have actually done much. But out of their poverty, 
these brothers and sisters who had very little for themselves said, we know that there are churches who are struggling. We know that there are churches who've lost everything. And we will give whatever we can so that their witness is not destroyed. So that they can continue in the mission of the gospel. So that they can continue to tell people about Jesus. Those sacrificial gifts, even though we might would look at them and think there's not much there, those sacrificial gifts had a kingdom impact. Advancing the gospel. Supporting gospel mission. And that's what's true of the Philippians giving. That's why Paul's commending them. As you have cared for us. You've cared for me and supported me as I've taken the good news of Jesus Christ out to the world. And so they have been partners with Paul. And when we are thinking about our sacrificial giving, uh, I don't want us to think just about generosity of like generously giving to needs. And there is time for that. But we're talking about a specific purpose, generosity for the purpose of advancing the good news about our Savior so that more people will hear the good news of the forgiveness of sins that's available through Jesus Christ. More people will hear about God's love for them. Now, before we move on to the next point, I do want to make, I do want to point out one thing from the final greetings because we have this amazing encouragement at the end of this letter uh, that Paul is uh, showing them some of the fruit of their partnership with him, right? He's repeatedly talked about their partnership in the gospel. And so let's look at the, I know we're jumping ahead in the text, but let's look at these final verses, 21 through 24. Greet every saint in Christ Jesus. The brothers who are with me send you greetings. All the saints send you greetings, especially those who belong to Caesar's household. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. These final words from Paul are a, a, a demonstration of the bond that's been built in these gospel partnerships. Some of them know each other personally. Many of them don't, haven't ever met at all. But they care deeply for one another because of the gospel partnership that has been provided through their sacrificial giving. And then tucked in those greetings, we see these words in verse 22 that is a demonstration of the fruit of the Philippians' generosity. He says, All the saints send you greetings, especially those who belong to Caesar's household. Paul has told them earlier in the letter, remember when he tried to encourage them because there's probably concern about, hey, we can't believe Paul's under house arrest. He's chained to guards. And Paul has said, I want you to know that what has actually happened to me has happened in order to advance the gospel. And then he goes on and says the entire imperial guard or the entire praetorian guard has heard that I'm in chains because of Christ Jesus. Now when this, uh, these final greetings are stated and it says, especially those who belong to Caesar's household, the soldiers who guarded Paul 
would have been included in that. That's not just talking about Caesar's family. It's talking about all of the people who were close to Caesar, serving the, uh, the head of Rome. And because of their generosity, because of their support of Paul, some of those guards have come to faith in Christ. Some of those guards have told others about Jesus and more people in Caesar's household, more servants who are serving Caesar, the height of the government in the world at that time. And he says, these saints want you to know that they care for you. They love you. They send their warmest greetings because it's because of their generosity that Caesar's household has heard about Jesus. So we see in that this just beautiful little quick statement, but this beautiful encouragement that, hey, as you have been faithful in your giving, here's evidence of what God is doing. People have come to faith in Christ because of that. So church, let's start think, thinking of our giving as gospel partnership. When we consider giving to the church and when we consider being generous, when we hear of needs, when we hear of missionaries, when we hear of things that are happening that are taking the good news of the gospel to people who haven't heard, let's think of giving towards those as a partnership in the gospel. It's not just a gift. It's, it's a work towards advancing the gospel. It's gospel mission. And so as a church, let's strive towards that, to, to put our money towards advancing the gospel. As we think about how we're going to spend things, as we think about things we want to support, let's think of a vision that says we want to build up our church where we're training disciples to make more disciples. And we want to support church planting around the world if, if, if we're able to, so that more people can hear about the good news of the gospel. Raise up missionaries and support missionaries that are taking the gospel to the ends of the earth. That's how we should think of our giving is use this, God. Use whatever sacrificial gift I can, I can give. Use that generosity to support gospel mission. The second thing we see in Philippians 4 is this. Sacrificial generosity in the church profits the giver. Sacrificial generosity in the church profits the giver. Let's look at Philippians 4, verse 17. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the profit that is increasing to your account. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the profit that is increasing to your account. So he's uh, jumping back to kind of what he said in verse 10. We saw in verse 10, he talked about, you know, I, I rejoiced in the Lord greatly when I received your gift that you sent. And now he's saying, but I'm not desiring that you give me the gift. That's not my thought. As I'm thinking about your gift to me, my desire isn't just that I will get more. Because he's already clarified, if you were here last week, remember what he talked about was his contentment in Christ. Since Christ was his ambition, since Jesus was his goal, and he knew that he had Jesus and was, he could not lose Jesus. 
Paul is saying, like, I didn't need the gift that you sent. It was good for you to send it. It was good for you to partner with me. But what my, my goal in this is, as you give is I want you to recognize the benefit that you receive. So it's not just me that's receiving here. You're receiving because of your generosity. Now, it's important that we don't confuse this and distort it into kind of the prosperity thinking here, right? Paul is not saying, hey, you have given, and so you're going to get some special blessing now. God's going to abundantly give you some kind of wealth because you gave wealth to me. He's not taking the prosperity gospel approach here. Paul's talking about eternal prophets, Paul's talking about heavenly rewards, which Scripture talks about. He says, I, that's what my desire is for you. That is, you give to support gospel mission. I desire for you to receive the benefit of an eternal reward, a heavenly reward. Jesus talks about this. He says, this is what we should seek. In the Sermon on the Mount, in Matthew chapter 6, we see Jesus say these words, Matthew six nineteen and 20. Don't, sto- don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves don't break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Jesus says, this this is what you should seek. You should seek heavenly treasure, eternal rewards. Don't think of storing up more and more things for yourself. Think about a life of service and a life of sacrifice that stores up eternal rewards. And Paul's talking about that when he says this back in Philippians 4. That's what I desire. That's what I want for you is to have this eternal reward, the eternal fruit of knowing that you're partnering in the gospel and that lives are being changed and more and more people are coming to faith. Our hearts are constantly pulled towards temporary and worldly things. So church, let's ask God to help us give generously as a way to set our, set our hearts on eternal things instead of the temporary. Because all of us at times are, are drawn towards the temporary and the worldly. And so we need God to change us. We need God to work in our hearts to say, like, I don't want that to be my goal. I want my goal to be set on the eternal impact. And ask God to help us in our giving with that in mind. The next thing we see from Philippians 4 is this sacrificial generosity in the church is an act of worship. Sacrificial generosity in the church is an act of worship. Look at verse 18 back in Philippians 4. But I have received everything in full. I have an abundance. I am fully supplied, having received from Epaphroditus what you provided a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. So Paul 
says, look, I, I have everything I need. You've given me everything that I could need through this gift. And he says, you know, you sent this through Epaphroditus. We met him earlier in Philippians. He was the brother who almost died in his service to Paul. Uh, he was on his deathbed. And Paul talked about how God uh, was gracious to him and also to me by saving his life, sparing his life. And Epaphroditus was the one that he said, you should hold men like him in great honor because he almost lost his life for the gospel. So Paul says, look, I have everything I need. I don't, I don't want you to worry about me anymore. I have been fully supplied by this gift that you have sent. You have blessed me abundantly. And then look at how he describes that gift. He describes it as like Old Testament sacrificial offering language. He says, he describes this as a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice that's pleasing to God. There's sacrifices and offerings that are not pleasing to God. And he says, what you gave to me, that made your God happy. That pleased your heavenly Father because you poured out generously your gifts towards me so that the gospel could continue to be advanced. We see this repeatedly, the same kind of language in the Old Testament, sacrificial language. We're just going to look at one example of that. But in Leviticus 2, we see some of the same words that Paul's using. This is what he's referencing. So Leviticus 2, verses 1 and 2, we see this. When anyone presents a grain offering as an offering to the Lord, it is to consist of fine flour. He's to pour olive oil on it, put frankincense on it, and bring it to Aaron's sons, the priest. The priest will take a handful of fine flour and oil from it, along with all its frankincense, and will burn this memorial portion of it on the altar, a fire offering of pleasing aroma to the Lord. This is what Paul is referencing as he says this about this, the gift from the Philippians. This was an act of worship. You worshipped your heavenly father and your heavenly father was pleased by this sacrificial offering that you made. When we give for gospel mission, it should be viewed as an act of worship. And maybe that will be what starts to change my heart and maybe some of your hearts about thinking of giving as a burden. Maybe as we start to change and say, this is one of the ways that I can worship my loving God who has poured out his love and grace and mercy on me and provides richly for me everything that I need. So church, let's start viewing our giving that way. You know, we, we have our offering box at the back and usually people give as they're leaving, but that shouldn't be viewed as, well, now that worship is over, then I can just drop this off at the, as, as I'm leaving. Our giving truly is a way that we worship God. It's part of our worship. And so let's start thinking of it this way. Now, I want to worship my God with this gift with this offering that I have. Not a burden to bear, but a way to worship. 
The last thing we see in Philippians 4 is this. Sacrificial generosity in church is an opportunity to trust God. Sacrificial generosity in the church is an opportunity to trust God. Philippians 4, verses 19 through 20. And my God will supply all your needs according to His riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Now, to our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Paul's needs, in the previous verse we saw, Paul's needs have been fully supplied, fully met by the Philippians. And now he wants them to know there's a promise here. You've met my needs by sacrificially giving. You've poured out this gift for me. And he says, here's the promise. God will meet your needs. God will meet every single one of your needs. You don't have to worry about if, if I've given sacrificially, well, what if this happens? What if this comes up and I wasn't prepared for it? We don't have to sit and worry about the offerings that we've given to God as a way to advance gospel mission because we have the promise from God's Word that God will meet your needs. You don't have to worry about that at all. And so as we give, we should hold on to that promise. God, the creator of all and ruler over all, who is sovereign over all things and can do whatever he desires, promises in his word that he will meet your needs. He will provide every last one of your needs. We don't have to worry because he has no limitations at all. So we can give holding on to that promise to, as a way to settle my heart where I might be tempted to think, I, I just don't know, what if, what if something happens next week and I need a little bit more than what I'm planning for? I don't have to think about it that way. And then Paul concludes after that promise, and it's not just thinking about this promise. It's thinking about all that has been discussed and declared through this letter. Paul burst into a doxology of praise. He, he burst into this praise of God the Father. And he says in verse 20, Now to our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Responding to the promise that God will meet the needs of the believers. He says, praise God for that. God deserves all glory for all eternity. Jesus talked about God's provision for us too. Uh, later on in the Sermon on the Mount, we looked at that once already, a little bit later in that same chapter in Matthew 6, where he addresses concern and worry he says this Matthew 6 starting in verse 26 consider the birds of the sky they don't sow or reap or gather into barns yet your heavenly father feeds them aren't you worth more than they can any of you add one moment to his lifespan by worrying 
And why do you worry about clothes? Observe how the wildflowers of the field grow. Don't they labor? Or they don't labor or spin thread. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was adorned like one of these. If that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and thrown into the furnace tomorrow, won't he do much more for you? You of little faith. We don't have to be worried about God's provision. He loves us. We are his sons and daughters. And he will lavish his care and provision on us. We can trust that. We can trust that he will meet our needs. And I struggle with that at times. Uh, Even when I've seen his provision repeatedly, sometimes I worry about stuff. When I was in seminary, the, when I first felt like God was calling me to, uh, to go into full-time ministry, I knew I needed training, and uh, I found the school that I wanted to go to, that I thought, this is a good fit, and I went to a, like, a welcome day where you can learn all about it, and they talked through everything, and then the final session was uh, about the cost, and I went home and said, it's not possible. I, I don't see how, how this could work. There's no way that we can fit this into our budget. I know that God's calling me to this. But I, I can't do it. And it took almost a year before I finally got the courage to trust God in this. I put it off. I was disobedient because I thought, I saw things from my own perspective as there's no way this can work. And I finally trusted God and said, if this is what he's calling me to, then we, we've got to obey. And semester after semester, God provided. And semester after semester, my sinful heart doubted and worried. Every time tuition was coming due, I thought, I don't know how it's going to happen. It's, there's no way that this can work. And God provided. And I continued to doubt him every time. And God's word reminds us, and God's faithful not to, uh, you know, he could have just said, like, seriously, all right, no more. If you're not going to trust me, but he's so good and faithful to us. And he just continued to be good and faithful. And so we can hang on to the promise from God's word. He will meet our needs for what he's calling us to, what he has for us. He will provide our needs. And through that, we can Honor God with our giving and say, okay, God, like I, I need you to, to help me grow in this area. Like I'm struggling to trust that, that it's going to be okay. So church, for us, we can trust when we give sacrificially. We have the promise and we know God's word is true. It will not uh, come up false. This is the truth. And so if we have the promise that God will care for us, we can give sacrificially. And what I have to say here is to uh, those of you who consider Dogwood Church your home here, uh, and this is not a criticism, this is just we want you to hear uh, about the needs, and we've shared some of these needs. So if you're just a guest, uh, just know that this is one of the things that we have to talk about as a church, uh, about 
the, the budget, about the mission of the church and, and the, the ministries that we are funding. But this season has been a hard season for all churches. It has. Every pastor that I've heard from, churches that we've like seen people talking about it online, have said financially the last year and a half has been a burden, a big burden. And so we've shared with y'all in the past some of the needs that we have. And then on top of those budget needs, so we list those in our bulletin every week. They're on the back page. You can see where our giving is, what our needs are. But on top of that, we've had to come to y'all and say, here's something that's happened. We didn't know. We had an AC go out. We had other things take place. And then we've got special collections because we want to take the good news of the gospel to places around the world. And we want to uh, give gifts to people in our community as a way to let people know, like, this is a loving place where you can come and learn about Jesus. And I say all of that to say, We need to, each one of us, if you consider this your church home, we need to be prayerfully looking at the needs that we have. I'm not criticizing you and and giving. I'm saying there are needs there. And so we need to ask God, God, I I see what the needs are. I've heard what what the needs are. How can I be faithful? What, what can I do? What are you calling me to do? And each one of us need to be doing that. And, and whatever it is that God's calling us to, we can trust him in that. Okay, if, if this is what you want me to give, or this is how you want me to respond to the need, I can trust you, God, in that. So would you join us in prayer this week? Uh, and really, always, as to asking God, God, how do you want me to respond to the needs of the church so that we can continue the mission of, the, of advancing the gospel? How can we uh, partner together with our generosity and say, God, we're trusting you and what we have, we want to be used for your glory to advance your kingdom. Join us in that prayer, please. Church, God's always faithful. He is He's been so good to me and he's been so good to each of you. He's been so faithful to Dogwood Church. We can trust him. And so as we've looked at this text today on sacrificial generosity, what I pray is that the Holy Spirit will work in us as individuals and as a church as a whole and shape us into a people who will hold their possessions and their money loosely and say, God, whatever I have, it's yours. It came from you. So whatever you ask of me, it's yours. Use what I have for your glory. Use what I have to advance the gospel. Use Dogwood Church to advance the gospel. We can trust him. And he will honor that. He will care for us through all of that. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are so good and faithful. We thank you for your constant provision and care for us. I ask that you help me uh, as I consider the needs here. I ask that you help all of us think about uh, what it is that you're calling us to and give us an extra measure of faith 
to trust you in that and let us follow in obedience for the purpose of the gospel. We want to be a part of that. We want to join together in advancing the good news of the gospel here at Dogwood, in our community, and around the world. So use us how you can and help us be obedient to how you're calling us. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Well, thank you for joining us today. It's such a a joy to have each one of you. If you are a guest, uh, thank you. If there is anything that you need, if you uh, have any questions about the church, we would love for you to fill out the response card. Uh, and you could just write down some of those questions on the back. If you have prayer requests, those can be written on there. We, we will be reaching out to you uh, to discuss those things. We have a few announcements before we go. Uh, before I get to the rest of the announcements, Mickey, I do have one more than what I told you. I just want to remind those of you, so this Tuesday we are uh, serving a meal. We've got a team of individuals going to serve a meal at TVCC uh, at uh, the... Baptist Collegiate Ministries uh, Sunday, or Tuesday night Bible study. And so thank you to all. Like, y'all have like been super generous in signing up and providing this good meal for these students. And we want to care for them uh, as they gather together to study God's Word on Tuesday night. So for those who've signed up, uh, your food needs to be uh, at the Baptist Collegiate Ministries building. We'll send that address out um, at 6.30 on Tuesday. We're going to get everything set up. So you need to have it ready then, and then we'll get it set up, and students will start gathering around 7. And uh, we need people, if you're able to stay and serve also, we need people to serve, and we'll be able to meet some of the students. It's going to be a wonderful time. If you have questions uh, about that, you can contact my wife, Sarah Grace, and she'll help answer any of those things. But I know she sent some info in email. You can check your email and see if that has it. And if not, let us know, and we'll get you those details. Okay, uh, the rest of the announcements, these are in the bulletin, but just want to point them out. Next Sunday, we're going to have Baptism Sunday. So we've got uh, four individuals currently scheduled to be baptized next Sunday. Uh, And we want you, if you have not been baptized, if you want to know more about this, we want you to know that this is an important step in the Christian faith. So if you want to know about salvation, if you uh, want to know about baptism, would you please fill out a response card and just say you want to schedule a meeting with the pastor. And this is not something that we have to have just to, like, any time we can baptize, it's a special day. So we don't just say, well, we're only going to do it, you know, once or twice a year. If you ever in the point where you realize, I, I need to trust in Christ for salvation and I want to know about baptism, we want to have those discussions and we want to share with you uh, about that and we can make plans to baptize at any point in time. But if you have questions, let me know. Fill out a, a card and say you'd like to schedule time to meet with me and we'll talk through that. Uh, bed building ministry. We're uh, going to be a host uh, for the host site for a meeting that CPS in the area is going to be um, presenting as a ministry opportunity to church leaders and community leaders here about building beds for families that are bringing some children into their homes. And uh, so we're going to host that on November 1st at 1130. It's a good like, opportunity to learn about a way to care for some families and children uh, in need. And so if you 
want to know more about that and you're available during the day to attend that, then make plans to join us on November 1st at 1130 and there will be a lunch provided with that. Uh, and then if you aren't able to attend, just be looking because we're going to be learning about this ministry opportunity and, and talking through ways we might be able to partner in this and partner with other churches in providing and caring for children and families in need. Trunk or treat this Wednesday. Uh, I heard rumors there's supposed to be rain. It looks like it's supposed to end early on in the day. And so let's pray for that. Uh, we need the rain, but we also want to have this wonderful opportunity to... Uh, I've seen all kinds of people sharing it on Facebook and saying like, hey, come to our event. So Wednesday, uh, we will be having that. It's going to be from 6 to 7.30. Setup's going to be begin at 5.30. We still need... Candy donations. If you were going to bring candy and you forgot to bring it today, you can make time to bring it any time this week uh, leading up to Wednesday. And so if you have any questions about that, contact Cody or Megan Walker. Uh, we're going to have a special uh, worship evening called Word and Worship. Um, we are going to gather together for some time of worship. And then one of the things we're going to do, instead of you having a, another message from me, uh, we are going to read through God's Word together. Uh, we're going to have some individuals read the letter of Philippians that we just finished. We're going to read that to the congregation. Uh, when the early church would gather uh, in their homes and, and gather as a congregation, when these letters were sent by Paul and others that's what they would do is they would gather together and listen to this letter from, uh, from Paul or the other apostles and other writers of these letters. And so we're going to worship together and we're going to listen to God's word read uh, from Philippians. We're going to have a time of communion together and it's going to be just a wonderful evening. It's the, the service will be less than an hour probably and then we're going to have a, a light fellowship dinner after that. So that's going to be on November 7th. And it's going to start at 5.30, so two weeks from today. Not next Sunday, but the following one. We really want you to be a part of that. It's going to be a wonderful night together for us all. Operation Christmas Child, two things. Uh, thank you for the gifts, the, the donations that have been made. We have received uh, a little bit over $2,000 towards our goal. We're wanting to pack 144 shoeboxes to be sent out to kids. And so the goal is $2,800. So we're not far from that. We're $760, if my math is right, and it's probably not. Uh, $760, uh, we're close. So if you're able to give towards shoeboxes, uh, we need that in the coming weeks to get us ready so that we can ship those boxes out. And then also we're having our packing party for the... Um, four shoeboxes on November 17th. That's a Wednesday night. We're going to uh, meet up here. We'll have food, and then we will pack our 144 boxes. Awana is going to be a part of that too, and so it's going to be a wonderful night packing up these gifts that will be sent to kids around the world as an opportunity to start some gospel conversations and to bless them with a box of Christmas gifts. So uh, join us for those. Support where you can. Uh, really great opportunities. Uh, last thing today is just our offerings, the offering boxes in the back. If you have a, an offering that you're giving today, you can drop that on your way out. And then, of course, there's online giving church if you are wanting to get that set up as a way to, you know, I, don't, I won't forget if it's just set up online, uh, set up to recur. You can do all of that and 
There are the details on the screen, and if you need help getting that set up, we can help you with that. I'm going to ask that you would stand as we close. Um, I am going to ask that we join together in reading the doxology from Philippians 4 that Paul, uh, Paul used. And so I want us saying this from our hearts, saying this because we believe it, that in response to who God is, uh, we do want to give him glory. And so join me in saying this, and then I'm going to read the final benediction from Philippians for that. So let's read together the words that are on the screen. This is Philippians 4 and verse 20. Now, to our God and Father, be glory forever and ever. Amen. And now for your final benediction. Uh, we did this a couple weeks ago. This isn't a requirement, but a posture for receiving a blessing or a benediction that you can take is holding out your hands. Uh, it's not some magic formula, but it's a way for you to settle your heart and say, this is a way for me to receive the blessing from God's word. So if you want to join us in that, you can. You don't have to. Uh, but Philippians 4, verse 23. Let these be words be our uh, sending out this week. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Have a blessed week. Thank you so much.